Okay, guys, so we've got probably 100 people or so, or just under that, 90 or so in here. So uh, maybe now is a good spot to just get things started and, uh, yeah, chat a little bit about what's going on um, with Bitcoin mining, with Compass, and uh, obviously get to uh, what we were going to talk about today. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually here for in Miami right now. I'm at uh, Market Disruptors right now. And uh, Wit, you're over in uh, Dubai, right? How's uh, how's things in Dubai? Dubai is going well. The um, World Digital Mining Summit just wrapped up here, so most of the team has left today, and then I am here for uh, for a couple more days for for meetings to try to secure some more machines for the plebs. Fantastic! That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably um, probably a good spot. Let's just let's just go straight into it then. So. Uh, cool. Maybe you want to just give everyone. So, I, I just for anyone who's listening who's unfamiliar, there has been some discussion around delays that some Compass customers have experienced. Um, so, I wanted to, you know, just openly let's talk about it and get uh, Wit to give, you know, give his perspective and um, give us some thoughts. Uh, maybe we could just start with a bit of an overview uh, from your perspective. What's what's gone on over the last few months? Yeah, so I, I'd love to do that, and I appreciate you arranging this, Stefan. One of the other things that I would love is uh, through the course of this, <clears throat> I know one of the one of the criticisms that people have shared is that we're not being transparent. So I would like to reserve some time to get feedback from everyone on how we can be more transparent and how we can communicate more effectively. Obviously, we want to improve. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> frankly, this this whole situation stems from a delay um, from a facility in South Carolina. So Compass had uh, space secured in a facility in South Carolina, uh, totaling about 23 megawatts. And, you know, we're, we don't run the facilities. We don't own the facilities. Um, think of us like hotels.com or, you know, Expedia. <clears throat> so we're reliant on the facilities to execute on their, their delivery dates. Um, well, what happened in South Carolina is they didn't. They actually didn't have the permits that they needed. Um, and we found this out a week before the first batch of machines was supposed to go live. So when they let us know, we, of course, relayed that to customers. As soon as we found out, um, we offered you know, credits um, in total, about four and a half million dollars in, in credits, uh, offered refunds and you know, offered to help sell people's machines if they didn't want to wait so they could you know, get a little bit of a profit. Um, none of those are a perfect solution, while I understand. But you know, that was the situation as it was. Um, and then we set a, a very aggressive timeline <clears throat> of getting everyone that was delayed online by October 31st. Um, and, you know, we did start to get people online working with different facilities and getting new facilities set up starting towards the end of September, beginning of October. Uh, and the majority of people affected have come online at this point. But there were further delays stemming from construction uh, and, you know, permitting issues at new facilities. Um, and that's what led to the, the further delays, which led to, um, and understandably so, I, I understand why people are upset about not being online. So I 100% get that. But that's what led to the further delays, uh, which I think was you know sparked again a, a week or so ago with uh, some comments on Twitter, um, which is why we're here. So that's kind of where it all came in. Yeah, great. And so, um, and I, I also wanted to say thanks for being open and willing to come out and talk about it and uh, just explain things for people. I, I think that's um, commendable. Um, I think well, just to, to that yeah. point real quick, man, like I, you know, 
I, I get it, right? Like we're we're also not making money while these machines are offline, right? We make money off of hosting, and I know we make money on the the sale of the machines as well. But a, a you know a good piece of our business is made off of hosting, so um, we want to get people online as quickly as possible. But even aside from that aspect, you know we understand that people should be up and mining as as quickly as possible and and on on the schedules in which they have been been promised. Um, Compass is positioned a bit uniquely because, you know, even though we are a big company at this point, we're a growing company, we serve retail miners and it's always been our mission to, you know, help people who uh, generally have never been involved in mining before get started with mining. And I think that what's happening now is it's, um, you know, unfortunately, this this situation has led to a, a bit of a learning curve for um, you know, for people who are new to mining, delays are common, especially with the constraints of the supply chain globally right now. Um, but neither here nor there. I totally understand why people get pissed off at this, right? It, it's frustrating for us as a company uh, to hear that there's going to be a, a week-long delay or that, you know, a county official was unable to make it out to a site to to finalize permitting or, uh, you know, that somebody at the site wasn't able to show up because of weather. Like, th- there's various things that come up in construction, but... Yeah, it's um, it, it's I I totally get it, and I mean, there's nothing for it. Like we're we're certainly not trying to hide. I'd love to be more transparent. I I would just like to know, like, you know, when we're communicating this to people, how granular would we would people like for us to get? You know, um. But anyways, I, I know there's some questions you want to run through, and I'd love to. Get yeah, them. And I definitely want to hear from people that are in the audience as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. What I'd like to do is we'll start with, you know, we'll talk a little bit about a walkthrough in what went on uh, and we can talk through some of the questions that came up, um, various points that have come up, and then we'll open it up to the listeners as well. They can come up on stage and they can um, have have their questions answered as well. Um, so I guess bringing it back, let's just understand the timelines a little bit. So I believe it was in July that that was, that, that was the first uh, delay point and at that point how long were the customers told okay you're going to be delayed for this amount of time like what what were the relative times there sure so sales for south carolina started in june the first online date was scheduled to be the end of august so august 31st um and then the delay was announced about a week before so it was one day after we were notified uh and at that time we notified everyone that we would get them online by October 31st. So um, everyone that was delayed, which we set up front, it would be August, September, or anyone that was supposed to go online in August or September. So that's June, July, August, September batches, uh, that they would all come online by October 31st. Got it. Along, and so, along, along with on. the October yeah. crowd. Sorry, along with the October crowd, they would also go online October 31st. That was the commitment that we made. I see. And uh, this is, let's, I guess, just to set this, the context as well, this is one of the sites, right? It wasn't like across multiple sites. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, you know, it's it's literally the only site that we've had issues like this with, like with these construction delays, um, where it's caused these kinds of problems. You know, there's, by and large, most of the deployments have went off without a hitch, you know, maybe a, a day or two delay. From the you know the promised online date, but nothing of this nature. And so, uh, I guess just as well in terms of what the expectation of maybe what was in the customers' minds at that point is, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to purchase this machine and it'll be online at this date. I'll start earning 
sat at that point. Uh, and so that was the expectation in their minds. Obviously, I think, as you were saying, uh, we have to uh, also maybe talk about what's the communication that maybe everyone needs to do better around that. And I think around, um, you know, that there can be delays and that it's not a, it's not, um, it's not perfect. And so I think, and I, I want to be clear, like, obviously you, you know, just for anyone who's not familiar, Compass Mining is also a sponsor of my podcast. So I, I bear some, uh, you know, I bear something in this as well. I'm not just like sort of, uh, you know, it's something that we all have to be better about messaging. Perhaps that's something we should all be doing. Um, uh, and also, I'd like to focus, and maybe if you could tell us a little bit, what was the initial customer reaction around that point, end of August, where they were most people understanding, where they were people looking to sell the machine, or were they saying, no, you know what, I'll wait? What was their thought at that time? So almost everyone chose to wait. Uh, I mean, we uh, we did offer uh, pretty substantial credits to offset, you know, the the power. Um, and most people chose to wait. Some people did sell. Uh, some people did take a refund. But the vast majority chose to to hang on and wait until the end of uh, end of October. Yeah, and I think that makes sense because these are probably people who are new to mining and they're thinking, "Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, you know, it's fine. I'll wait. I'll, I still want to come online with my mining machine." That's probably what's going in their mind, right? Well, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's also so when you're purchasing an ASIC, you have an asset that's correlated to the price of Bitcoin. So most of the people who purchased, actually all of the people who purchased in June, July, August, um, and September, <clears throat> you know, they were already in substantial profit um, or would have been in substantial profit just on their machine by the time it went online. It just as an example, I mean, Bitcoin has obviously had a tremendous run in that time, um, but the ASICs themselves have, you know, 2 to 2.25x in price. Uh, from the people who were purchasing in, in June, July, and the beginning of August. So uh, I think most people were okay with waiting with the understanding that they had this ASIC that also was a, was continuing to appreciate in value as they held it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good context to share. And I think uh, that is important to think about because that's obviously the decision whether you want to sell that machine or wait. And so I think uh, as some of the comments, and I think you, you might have mentioned this to me offline as well, around the factor of KYC for the people who wanted to sell. So maybe you want to just touch on that point. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we're a North American company or a, a US-based company, and we are um, subject to those same kinds of, of rules and regulations. If we are ever paying anyone out, we do have to get proper tax forms and KYC them. So um, in the case of a refund, obviously, we're able to process a refund. It's It's a different uh, financial mechanism, but when there's a profit involved, that's a taxable event. Uh, so KYC is required. One of the the uh, options that I failed to mention that we also offered was to ship people their miners to their house so that they could mine at home until a facility was ready. And a small percentage of people chose to do that. Um, but you know that was that was another option that we that we did offer. Great, great. Okay, um, and then so. Let's talk a little bit about what happened with, because as I understand, in this case, there was a second delay. So do you want to just explain a little bit for us and help us understand what happened? There? Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, this is going to, let's go through a little history of Compass. Um, <clears throat> when we started the company in August of last year, 
the idea is we would onboard facilities. They'd go through a screening process. Um, we would be fairly hands-off. Um, and, you know, once they passed the screening process, of course, we would help to place people in those facilities and sell them. All of that was, you know, going just fine. New facilities were coming on. Um, and then China banned Bitcoin, right? So now you have this massive constraint in rack space globally. Um, and as timing would have it, the South Carolina delay was right on the back of that. So what we did to start to alleviate this burden and help people get online is we scaled up a team uh, just set for mining operations to scout new sites. Uh, and we got more involved in these sites. So we would go out, screen, see what they needed, help with infrastructure build if that mattered, invest CapEx if that was needed to get them these facilities up and running. Uh, so in the time that, you know, in the time from January to May, Compass onboarded about, I think it was four new facilities, and they were all very small. In the time from this delay at the end of August until now, uh, we have onboarded almost 12 facilities. We're in the process of the 12th, um, and all of them have been uh, much more laborious on our side, uh, just so we can get the, the rack space that we need to get people online. Um, it's taught us a lot about what we can do to improve our, our service to customers. Uh, so we don't run into problems like this again, but that's really been our focus. You know, that's how our business has changed. We went from this more passive, like, hey, come to us and list your list your space uh, to now us going out and finding uh, space and helping people get up to standards where they can host machines. Uh, and then the news came out a, a week or so ago about the 140 megawatts, 135 megawatts, actually, that we secured in Canada. Uh, that'll start coming online in January with Red Jar. Uh, and that's just a, a continuation of the the new processes that we have in place to be more aggressive and in, in securing space for, you know, for smaller miners. Gotcha. Yeah. So essentially it's 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 around a, a shift in the way the company operates as far as um, getting facilities online and actually pursuing that aspect to have the additional rack space for the customers. And then so that comes into the essentially. So I think that what seems to have happened is that the it was the second delay for many customers that I think maybe made them more frustrated. So do you want to just touch on that in your perspective there? Yeah, so, you know, for, for us, the, the second delay, um, this was this was less of a dramatic delay. It was more of a, okay, hey, we're getting people online. Every day we're seeing more people come online. Uh, we're just not going to be able to get the 100% of people affected online, so we need to get this communicated quickly. Um, we have line of sight on the finish, but we had to let everyone know that it was not going to be the end of October and that it would push them back, you know, in most cases, two weeks, in some cases, three weeks. So in this case, what we did, rather than just locking in on a specific date, we put a date range to give some flexibility and set proper expectations. Um, and that was that was the second delay. Uh, all the while, still, you know, refunds were in place if people wanted to do that. They, people could sell if they wanted to sell and take a profit, uh, or they could ship them at home and wait for, you know, wait for a, a facility to come online and then ship it back. So those options did not change. Um, and in this case, again, most people were, they were upset, but most people continue to wait because at this point, obviously it's, you've waited two months. What's another two weeks. 
Yeah, understood, understood. And so are you able to, now I understand there might be some things you don't want to share from a privacy perspective, um, but in terms of what you are able to share, are you able to, uh, for people out there who want to understand the context, are you able to share any relative numbers here of how many customers are still impacted versus how many have now had their machine come online or with perhaps they chose to sell? Yeah, so again, not many have sold. I mean, the marketplace is live now. And let's let's be clear, though, though, this is uh, the delay that was just announced where we pushed people back until the end of November technically was the third delay, right? So that was delay three where a lot of people came online between now, the end of October and now. Um, but some people were notified that construction is ongoing and it would be another week before they would come online or another week and a half. Um, with the marketplace live, people have started to sell. Uh, and basically everything that's listing on the marketplace is selling within 30 minutes. Um, so people have been able to you know, achieve some delta on their hardware. Uh, but yeah, we're, you know, we're still working to get the rest of the people online. When we talked last, which was what, two days ago, I think? I think I am. Um, we talked. Yeah. So at that time, there were about 1,100 customers that were still not online. Um, the number right now is around 650. So in the two days, we've you know almost cut things in half, um, and we're you know we're continuing to push. Right, we've got teams that are working on multiple sites around the clock to get everyone up. Uh, it's 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 happening. We're almost we're almost through this. Um, and I say we as everybody. I know this has been a trial for a lot of people involved. It's not it's not a compass thing uh, only. You know, there's obviously miners that are affected that we we consider. I mean, th this. This this things like we we feel that you know we feel that burden to get people online, um, and our team's working really hard to do it, and we're we're almost through it, and everybody's almost up. So, you know, we're we're pushing hard to get this done as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, certainly impressive to see you've come from eleven hundred down to six hundred and fifty. Uh, outstanding, um, I believe. Now, there there might have been some comments around differential hosting costs compared to what people were initially up for versus what they ended up being placed on. Did you have any comments around that? For example, if they were saying um, maybe the hosting cost in this other site is actually a bit higher than what I was initially promised. Was there any comment on that? Yeah. So basically what we did, um, we with all the facilities they all have different rates most of the facilities especially the ones with larger capacity that can be online faster uh were much higher priced so uh we just did a blended rate across the board that would be fair to everyone so that i mean we're out compasses i mean, transparently we're going to lose uh, you know a little bit of money on the hosting even for the full year once people are online but we want to get people online as quickly as possible so, you know, there's some some facilities that are in the, you know, the eight cent range, some of the facilities that are in the, the high five, low six cent range. Um, and we've just blended it across the board so that everyone is at 6.7 cents now per kilowatt hour as I mean, they were at 6.2 cents um, in South Carolina. Um, but 6.7 was the best that we could do to, you know, commit to making sure we can get everyone online at a, a fair rate. Yeah, understood. And also, I think for some customers now, some of this is, it's maybe it's not a fair expectation, but it seems that some customers seem to have this expectation that in their minds, they're saying, oh, look, if I just 
spent uh, or as an example they're saying if i spent some bitcoin to get some bitcoin to buy an asic miner with compass and now i've had all this time where i'm offline uh so i i'm sort of i sort of go back and forth there because i think maybe that's a messaging thing even for our industry that people who are getting into mining need to be clear that if you're investing maybe maybe you need to be thinking about it from like a fiat investing or perhaps taking a fiat loan and looking at ROIing on that point of view as opposed to sort of being unless you're very unless you're a real pro and you know what you're doing and you you are able to invest bitcoin your chances there of hitting ROI in bitcoin terms are much more difficult uh so maybe yeah do you have any comment there or anything to expand on that so we you know we don't really talk about machine ROI uh, we try to put together fair packages and fair pricing, and I totally understand where people are coming from with these comments, but getting getting into the communication of the expected daily earnings or what people should be making or compensation for lost earnings, um, those are conversations we have to steer very clear of because if we start getting those conversations, the government's going to step in and no retail is going to be able to mine. They will make it something that is heavily regulated and it will, you know, it, it could go it could go the way of being tricky from a regulatory standpoint very quick. So it's something that we're just, we're very cognizant of, um, but, you know, everyone has to get in for their own reasons. We sell hardware that mines Bitcoin and we put it in hosting spaces at fair prices, um, but people's expectations have to, they have to own those. And, and I know it may be hard to hear, but it's not something that we can guarantee or that we will ever guarantee. Uh, with regards to expected earnings, it's just not not conversations that our team or our sales guys can get into. Just, I know it's probably not the answer people want to hear, but it's it's just the way that in this case it has to be. I say, yeah, and um, so I think that also comes back to the questions around things like compensation or refunds as well, because as an example, um, so similar similar sort of thing and perhaps not necessarily a fair expectation, but it seems to be what some customers or in DMs I've had people say this kind of thing where they're saying, oh, look, I've been offered, as an example, they're saying, you know, I, I might have paid with Bitcoin, but I can't get refunded in Bitcoin. And now I seem like maybe I'm behind now in Bitcoin terms. Uh, when I should have had that mining machine come online. As again, we've spoken about the reason there are delays, these things happen. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it just comes down to that question of, and this maybe this is even a broader thing in our industry, is it really fair to expect a Bitcoin refund, especially when we're in a, <laughs> we're in a big bull market? Well, so we, we obviously, we're not speculating on the price of Bitcoin when people purchase a machine, right? Our, our vendors take payment in USDT or fiat. So if somebody pays in Bitcoin, we're immediately liquidating that and converting it to the method of payment that's required by the vendor. So we don't have the Bitcoin. Um, that said, and I know this comes down to KYC, but right now you can sell on the Compass Marketplace. It all gets deposited into your account in you know, USDT or, uh, uh, or dollars, and you can convert that to Bitcoin through Compass, right? So you can get paid out in Bitcoin. You do have to KYC for this, and I know that's a... A hot button for people but you can get the bitcoin value of that asic out now and i mean depending on when you bought your asic has also 2x in value so you, you may be able to get the same amount of bitcoin out that you actually paid for the asic you know so it's important to run the numbers and make sure it's not going to be that way for everybody um but there are certainly some people whose machines have went up 
a drastic amount that if they sold and then converted what they, you know, what they're getting paid uh, for the machine into Bitcoin, then they're going to have the same amount that they put in. Yeah, and I, I think that's a but fair way to think about it. I think the personally, I, I do think it's not really a fair expectation to expect that you can pay something in Bitcoin and then the refund should be in exactly that same number of sats. I just, I just don't really think that's a fair expectation on a Bitcoin business. Um, not yet, not yet. I mean, I, I, think, I think once more things are denominated in sats, then it's different, you know. Um, but let's say we have an issue with Bitmain. They're not. I mean, they refund us in dollars. You know, or they give us a coupon, which is basically just a voucher for a future purchase. They don't even refund. So, you know, that's it is the nature of the mining business right now. But I know that all Bitcoiners are, you know, waiting for the day where things are denominated in sats. We're just not there yet in a lot of cases. Of course. Yeah. And I think one other point that I've seen from comments and from some DMs as well. And I think this is more like a perception point, which is around uh, like Dubai, uh, the perception of Dubai yacht parties or yes. of, you know, that, where the, yep. that, that there's, you know, company her success being heralded out there while there are some other customers who in their mind, well, they are worrying that they might not break even because they might have paid in Bitcoin and maybe they would never have paid in Bitcoin if they knew there was this potential of delay, that kind of thing. If you have sure. any comment there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So let's just to make sure that we're on the same page here. These like when we threw the Dubai yacht party, it's not like Compass's team took a yacht and went on some trip. That's a it's a meetup, right? Those are our hash power, hash power happy hours. We do them in different cities across the country. I mean, of course, Compass carries the expense, but the 300 attendees that were there, they didn't pay a dollar, right? It's it's our way of showing appreciation to the Bitcoin community, to our vendors, to um, to the customers that we have, to prospective miners. It gives people the ability to meet the team, ask questions. Um, and this is something we want to do more of. So if it comes off like crass, like there was one picture that was posted at the opening party. And I mean, it's look, we're, we're a team that's at an event for mining. Look, we have, it's, it's work for us, right? But we're it's, I would be lying if we said we didn't have a good time there. It's a, a party thrown by Bitmain to open one of the conferences. Um, but when the picture gets posted there, it's not like we're, you know, at a, a VIP section renting out the club for Compass to have a good time, right? It's us being invited as guests and, and you know, being there to meet people within the industry. Um, but all of those hash power happy hours, like the one we did in Miami, a lot of the people that come to those are, are Compass customers, you know, uh, or Compass vendors. So. When we have those, I I encourage everyone that's a customer to go. You know, starting in January, we're going to be doing ten of those every month at cities around the country in the United States and potentially Toronto, uh, so that we can help with adoption, help with education uh, for Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. You know, a big thing for us has always been to get everyone mining Bitcoin, and a like a big draw for people are these social settings. You know, so we want to continue to do these things, I and mean, they are fun for sure. Um, but they're not for us. They're for the community. You know, everyone has a good time, but we're going to keep doing those because we want more and more people to get to experience what it's like to interact with other Bitcoiners, whether it's in a, a bar or a conference hall or a, you know on a boat, whatever the case may be. We're always going to try to make them educational and engaging and, and fun because that's you know that's the way that they'll grow and more people can get involved. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a totally fair answer. Of course, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Uh, I think 
Those are kind of the key, I guess, first level questions I had. And I think it's now time to start opening it up. We're going to bring some people up on stage. And ideally, if you are a Compass customer, come up and ask your questions. But of course, anyone else in the audience, you're welcome to come up. I'll bring you guys up on stage now and um, we'll get you to go one in one, um, one at a time. So I'm just approving you guys now. So Michael, you are up first. So um, let's hear from you if you have a question for Wit or if you have a comment to add to the conversation. Uh, yeah. Hey, Michael. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, and Stefan, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you sort of being a, a neutral third party here just looking to find the truth. Um, I wanted, if I could, to take a minute. I, I feel like I, I was one of the customers affected in this South Carolina, and I want to give a little bit of my story because I've heard – uh, some really disturbing stuff going on on spaces and some comments I've seen on Twitter that I think are, are really unfair to compass in that I feel like people are forming their opinions with no experience. So I wanted to give maybe a little bit of uh, uh, context uh, as a customer who has invested a little over $100,000 with Compass this year um, and who I'd like to believe, but maybe everybody does for their own self, uh, was one of the most affected by this South Carolina um, outage. I, I don't think people talk about what all Compass did. We touched on some of it, but I just want to say, so I um, I dipped my toes in with Compass in April with a single miner just to make sure this wasn't a scam and my money wasn't going to disappear forever. Uh, once that miner came online, um, I you know talked with my wife and we got um, basically all the capital we could together and we went all in on July the 1st and bought 10 S19J Pros uh, July the 1st. Uh, we bought it in fiat, not Bitcoin, which I think is an important distinction because a lot of the people that are the most upset bought with Bitcoin, and you guys talked about that. But they, uh, I had an August 30th online date, which was a palatable time having capital locked up. Um, August 20th, I got that email from WIT that you guys have discussed um, that everything would be delayed to October 31st. Um, and at this point, I sort of lost trust in Compass. Um, I said, why don't you ship them to me for two reasons? Uh, I took that option because... One, how do I know that you're not just self-mining and telling me this is delayed? You know, at this point, Bitcoin is running and uh, the network hash rate still hasn't recovered from the China ban. So I said, send them to me. Let me put my hands on them and just make sure that you're not you're not just uh, mining these yourself for a couple of months. Uh, and then two, at this point, I'm like, I've got enough invested. Um, I don't really want to be exposed to this counterparty risk now. Maybe with the amount of capital I have, uh, I can do this myself, even if it's slightly more per kilowatt hour. So I tried a bunch of stuff and I won't go into all the details because I want to save time for other people. But um, I, I tried three different avenues. I found an abandoned movie theater here in my town in Podunk, Oklahoma. Uh, they had great rates, but the electrician costs were going to be like 37K and the transformer was delayed for 12 weeks. I looked into immersion out of my family's cattle ranch. That was like 50K because I had to bring 480 three phase power out to the ranch and it wasn't currently there um, for the dry cooler for immersion. Uh, I tried commercial spaces and I needed only a thousand square feet, but I needed 483 phase. Those two things don't exist together. Um, I even went to the uh, the Bitmain conference in Miami um, and tried to find a container solution to circle back to the ranch. And, uh, you know, Bitmain's is 32,000, but most of the other ones are 100K to 200K plus. So long story long for me, I tried everything that I could to beat Compass and their rates uh, to start out on my own. And what I found is that um, even if you've got 50 to 100K to invest in just the infrastructure, not the miners, 
um, you're never going to beat the, you know, even the 6.9 cents per kilowatt hour all in because you, you're going to have rent. You're going to have power that's maybe somewhere around there if you're getting commercial power. Uh, you're going to have, you know, data contracts for it doesn't need much internet, but you need that. And that's a monthly operating expense. So I found that I would have more capital wrapped up in infrastructure, not miners. And I still would have been waiting longer than the October 31st. So Compass did ship them to me. I ended up reaching out to him and saying, I'm shipping these back to you. And it's not that I felt trapped just with the capital that I had available to me. I could have more hash rate online for cheaper with Compass. And the delays were the same or longer doing it myself. So some people may have only heard the negatives, but um, I just want to point out like five things that Compass did positive for us, the miners during this time. So first of all, the weekend that this delay was announced, Witt sat on his basis for five hours that weekend. Um, he was on vacation with his family in Europe and uh, he answered the same question and got the same beating for five hours straight um, until every person felt heard. And he treated every person on that stage uh, like they were the most important person to him for that whole five hours. Um, you know, on top of that, Wit and Thomas, uh, two of the founders, are in the Discord every day, like they're level one customer support reps. Uh, people tag them with the same questions several times a day, and they continue to stay engaged, probably to their own detriment. Um, number two, like Wit said, all of the customers that were affected by the delay were given a $500 credit per machine to use towards future purchases or their hosting bill. So for me, I won't pay for power for, or hosting for several months because of these credits. Um, with the miners that I had shipped to me, this is number three, Compass covered the shipping both ways for all 10 of those S19J Pros. Um, that was not cheap. That was a couple thousand dollars for sure, just to give me the peace of mind that they weren't mining with them and let me try on my own. Um, number four, five of my 10 miners affected by this relay uh, were online September 30th, so a month before the promise date. The other five were online by November the 1st, um, which, you know, one day off, I count that as a promise held. I know there's, there, there may still be guys and gals that are waiting, but to me, that's, they hit, they hit the deadline of what they promised. Uh, and then number five, when I, when I bought my initial 10 miners, they were 7,700 bucks a piece. Um, now on the Compass Marketplace that they stood up, they pretty easily go for $14,500 or so. And I'm not going to do that. But for anybody that's saying, you know, I had my capital locked up during this delay and how Bitcoin is run, you've got the opportunity to get out with two extra money. So uh, I, my comment is I'm not saying that mistakes weren't made or that I haven't been upset with Compass a few times over the last five months, but I, I'm happy that I'm a Compass customer through all of it. And I'm, I'm going to continue to speak well of Compass. Um, it's not a scam. It's not a... <laughs> A shitcoin, as I've seen some people say. If you heard that, you probably just haven't heard the whole story. I, I don't think for anybody with less than $200,000 to invest in mining, I don't think you can be what they have to offer. Um, especially, you know, even if you even if you've got to wait a few months, uh, I have I have tried. Well, thank you, Michael, for sharing um, that perspective. I think it's a it's a useful um, corrective uh, for people out there. Uh, with any reactions there or anything you wanted to add? No, thank you, Michael. Um, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's that spaces that we did seems like a long time ago, but that was uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, for for us, and we hear this all the time, right? Like, we we are a retail focused business because we like 
people like we genuinely do when we're in the discords because that's like that's where we started you know i know people are gonna fillet me for this but you know when i started as a gpu miner and and terminal cypher started as a gpu miner who's also the other co-founder we lived in discord right thomas has been on telegram and living in telegram and having these these conversations for years as well so for us we just we love dealing with people so i'm glad that everything worked out for you um appreciate you very much michael fantastic thank you michael um so i think next up i think kepa you were the next one in line so let's hear from you do you have a question or a comment hey thanks stefan and uh thank you Wed. i'm going to kind of dovetail what michael was saying um in so much as um i've been in it infrastructure managing projects and and i can testify that there's delays that are unanticipated especially with uh, co-locating in the data centers there's a lot of a lot of inputs to make everything come together at the date you're hoping for um, so with i'm a i'm a compass customer i in august ordered the mini bundle i'm curious if you could speak please to um your inventory on the miners and specifically the how's the nebraska data center looking thank you yeah and thank you chep i appreciate that um so the mini bundle is also on track uh the that inventory is actually um with the the data center already so what we have a lot with Compass is people who come to sell directly through the site with hosting and hardware. Uh, so those mini bundles were one of those situations where you have a reputable data, reputable data center with contracts with Bitmain um, who have decided to you know sell their machines directly through uh, through Compass with a hosting contract attached. So uh, all is good there. Um, which which mini bundle were you in on? When is your start date? Uh, so, I ordered in August, targeting February. Okay. Yep. All is good. Okay. Great to hear. I appreciate that. And and just last question is the is the hosting price part of that kind of that's been impacted across the board, or what's that look like? No, the, the rate at that facility, and you have to forgive me, I'd have to go back and check, um, but the rate that you committed to for the mini bundle has not changed. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, how many companies, folks, can you, can you get direct contact with C-level leadership? So I got nothing but praise for Compass at this point. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Chepa. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chepa. And I think next in line was uh, Jose Lozano. If you've got a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Hey, Jose. Hey, hey, Stefan. Thanks for organizing this, and uh, thanks, Wit, for being here. Um, I, I've been also a customer from from Compass for a while, but uh, well, my perspective is a little bit different. I think because I put some Bitcoin into it, and uh, not really money. Uh, and in that sense, I just. Uh, wanted to 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 clarify that the thing that that I, i'm really upset about is mainly um the transparency of the communication i mean i i know you guys spent five hours on on the spaces i was also there i listened to it i liked it uh, i liked the emails i was very happy that there were emails and they, they told us what what we were expecting um but uh, but throughout the process um these these promises that were made 
they were not really um, on time, and that and, and that kind of turned me down a little bit. Uh, the the one one of the of the last emails that we got when when we got the first delay was that um, we will be uh, online um, at the utmost date of blah 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 blah, but uh, that was really not the case. Uh, uh, besides that, some of us were pushed to the end of November without even a communication, without even an email telling us what was really going on. Um, so that that's basically it. For me, it is um, I, I also because I'm a real believer on, on, on Bitcoin. I think it's a little bit disappointing that you guys do not have all, most of your of your things backed by Bitcoin, at least so you can give back to, to the people when, when we have this type of investments in Bitcoin, back in Bitcoin, because at the end it's, it's about the circular economy. And I think you guys with so much money put into it, you could also bring back into the, into the Bitcoin economy. So that's, uh, that's my comment. I, I appreciate you sharing that, Jose, and I'm sorry that you were impacted in the way that you were. Um, I, I want to make sure though, the, the, the last delay where you were pushed to the 30th, there you should have received an email with that um and we also posted the notice in the discord and we also started uh, a daily updates channel keeping people aware of the further delays um but so i i, I want to make sure that if and if you didn't receive that email please dm me so i can make sure uh that your email is you know that, that we have that all correctly stated so that you can get your your communication as it's supposed to come um, but I'm sorry that that did not come through for no, you. No, all, all of that um, happened, but that happened afterwards, after people started complaining. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that was a bit disappointing. So so in that sense, I'm just saying, okay, got it. you I guys see. have to, to tell that more clear for people like us. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I appreciate you expressing. Yeah, so the timing of that, I, I can understand. Um, with regards to the Bitcoin holdings, so the, I would love for us to, to be able to hold that much Bitcoin and keep it but it's for i mean for us our you know margins are, are are not that huge to where we're able to to keep that much bitcoin the majority of what money is spent uh by people on these machines is immediately paid out to vendors uh, and there's no they, there's no such thing in the bitcoin money space as holding funds in escrow um and you know and waiting until machines are delivered so when when an order is placed it's immediately paid for in full uh which is why we spend time to verify the the you know the vendors that we work with um the other thing is we don't self-mine so all of our revenue comes from sales so with the hosting space obviously if people aren't online there's no hosting revenue coming in uh, so there's no way to you know convert that to bitcoin and pay and with the machines those are paid for as the orders come in so there's you know the, the bitcoin isn't there for us to refund in that same amount of bitcoin um and from the vendor's perspective they've fulfilled their duty right they've shipped us the machines we have the machines we've paid for the machines so that transaction is done uh so the only thing that we can do in that case is you know give you your machine to sell so that you can then recoup that bitcoin if you choose to do so so I mean that's I, I know it's it's not the answer you want to hear, but I'm just trying to explain the options that we have that we're able to to then pass through to you. No, that that's that's very clear. We and just one last question: uh, the ten the sure. Tennessee uh, site, what what is going on there? 
Mm-hmm. So the Tennessee side is still under contracts to to go online. Um, how Compass works, and I think this is important to express to everyone. So when you sign a, a hosting contract, you're signing a hosting contract with Compass. What this allows us to do is not expose you to facility risk, uh, meaning that you know right now, let's say you're allocated to Tennessee, but Oklahoma comes online first. We can get your machines online in Oklahoma without needing to do without you needing to do anything else. Um, or if you know conversely, someone is allocated to Tennessee or Oklahoma, and Tennessee comes online first, then we can put you online there. So, you know, for us, we we attach everyone to a facility. Uh, so that it's in the dashboard and we have that that there and that's the plan is to put your machine in Tennessee uh, but rest assured if there's something that comes online faster that's where your machine will go since the power rate is blended it's the same everywhere um, it's you know that's that's just how we have it structured so that we can get people online as quickly as possible but as of right now everything is fine with Tennessee you know it's just still going through the the final contractual phases and they're still finishing their builds all right man thanks a lot Thanks, Jose. Um, so I think next up, I think it's Nagaraj. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add up some of the other people to stage. Uh, but just please mute yourself and let Nagaraj uh, have his comment or question. Yeah. Uh, hey, Nagaraj. How are yeah, you? Yeah. Hi, Vic. I'm doing good. Uh, so I have a couple of questions. So uh, I have a, a bundle, and sure. the miner is supposed to come online in December, uh, which is in next month. So I wanted to know if there would be any delays on that. And the other question is, uh, let's say I have like X number of miners in a certain bundle. Will there be an option for me to place some miners in, in a different hosting facility so that I can mitigate any one hosting center going down? Thank you. Great question. So um, first and foremost, for the, the December bundle, no, there are no delays. Um, the other thing is because of how these bundles are structured, being that it's the, the facility providing the machines, then all of these machines for your bundles do have to go to that same facility because it's a part of their, their contract, right? So they have the Bitmain contract. They obviously want to sell them with hosting at their facility. So that's why those bundles are set up in that way. So in this case, you wouldn't be able to move them. Um, until the end of your 12-month contract, at which point you could you know, take them out of that initial hosting facility and move them to another. Yeah, I think that was clear. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Nag- You're welcome. Thanks, Nagaraj. Um, I think next, I think it was uh, Michael, M-Y-K-L, or Michael, is it? I think you're next. Yeah, uh, thanks, Stefan, and with thanks for joining and doing this. Uh, I want to start by saying I'm a I'm a hey, very happy customer of Compass. I've got eight miners and started around April, similar to Michael buying one and then adding to it and uh, approaching being a Compass whole coiner uh, of about point eight four Bitcoin currently from my miners. So. So it's been great. Your business model is a great opportunity for plebs like us to get involved in mining. Uh, But I have had quite a few customer service concerns, and uh, I'm not involved in the South Carolina situation. But uh, just in in general, my my feeling is the responsiveness of your team uh, needs to improve. Uh, there's a ticket system when there's a concern. So I, I've had miners go down 
you know, one of the sites go down and the three miners I have there um, go down, two of them come back up, and one of them was down for days and days, I think over 10 days until I actually reached out to you through Twitter and you helped uh, get me taken care of. Uh, but, you know, it shouldn't take reaching out to you to, to get something taken care of. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it's back to the to the yacht party uh, concept that the perception for people like me who are suffering loss uh, from downtime, et cetera, is and not getting good, good uh, feedback. You know, the, like I said, the ticket system, I believe when you put a ticket in, it says expect an answer within 48 hours. Uh, tickets for me go unanswered for over a week. Um, and then the current situation I'm faced with is the Kentucky two site. I had three of my miners, uh, and that, uh, site, I guess compass got <laughs> evicted from that site. Maybe, uh, it was, uh, I think the email said it was the ownership changed. Um, yeah. And you know, the initial, uh, commitment was end of October to be up and running in, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and and now that's mm-hmm. slipping and and the the pace of the updates again is just not satisfactory uh, you know the 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 date comes and goes and then a couple of days later there's an update that uh not not much detail and you know just doesn't instill confidence and as as the others have said I think we understand this industry and the the volatility and the supply chain delays that might be affecting getting these facilities online, et cetera. But a little bit more detail, uh, you know, I think is, is definitely warranted. Um, so, so anyway, overall, I'm thrilled with what I've been able to accomplish with compass, but the, the yacht party versus not getting response to, to uh, concerns that are costing me money every day is is something that you need to work on i appreciate that feedback thank you um okay yeah i mean we we are staffing up our our team as we speak adding more people to to respond to those tickets uh and the kentucky two site i know it's it's now what's happened is that same oklahoma site where others are are being delayed that were affected from south carolina those delays are again affecting the people who have moved from kentucky to you were set to go online there as well. So that site, we expect to have the final electrical walkthrough on the 15th. And then the machines are already racked. We just need that walkthrough so we can plug them in and fire them all up. So hopeful that we can get those on here pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from, Michael. And I'm sorry for the experience so far. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Michael. Um, I think the next in line was abandon abandon ship or D- Dav Terra the handle. So uh, abandon ship. Do you have a question or a comment for Wit? Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, thanks to both you, Stefan, and Wit for coming on here and doing this. And I also appreciate uh, Wit and Thomas and the others' willingness to stand in on Discord and take fire uh, directly from your customers. That's I've never seen that from any other company before. Um, so getting to my question, I bought some what's miners at the very beginning of July. 
they were destined for South Carolina. And, um, of course that, you know, that happened, they got diverted to Florida, um, with an October 31 date. And then on October 31, I got an email saying that Oklahoma would be the quickest available online. And I basically said, fine, ship it to Oklahoma. And then at the 11th hour on Oklahoma, all of a sudden we find out that that facility is not ready and the utility needs to come in and make significant upgrades. And that's been another week or two. And I guess what I'm trying to say is how can that happen? I can understand the South Carolina thing being, uh, you know, whatever, however that came up, but it gives me some concerns about the ability to properly vet a facility um, going forward. If I send my miner to the quickest available place and then right before it's supposed to be hooked up, there's this like, oh, surprise, it's not ready yet. Um, so that's really, if you could just address that. And, and before, one more thing. Um, the, so going from 6.2 cents to 6.7 cents per kilowatt hour, you know, the $500 per machine covers that for like three years. So I, I'm totally fine with how you've handled this in general. Um, the compensation, and I love your business model. I love what you're trying to do. Your 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 guys and girls um, that are available online to help uh, have been just have bent over backwards in my experience. But I do have the lingering concern about um, having more South Carolinas going forward with future purchases, given um, just the experience with Oklahoma that didn't that just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Thanks for expressing that abandonment, and I, I appreciate the kind words also. Um, so with Oklahoma, you should have already gotten the the email to you know for your pool information. If you hadn't, you're going to get that soon. Uh, but I expect those machines to go online here uh, very soon. So they are, you know, we were working on getting those today. Um, the electrical inspection that last week it did just pop up out of nowhere. It was something where. Uh, they notified us. We notified you guys. They were supposed to get it done last week, um, and this is a this is a human error. It's not something that has to do with the overall ability of the facility. It's just a person on site that didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, and in this case, I mean, I I do believe that that was the case. Uh, one of the things that we have we are doing moving forward to avoid this, and I know Neil is on the call right now, but we have um, we have staffed up an entire mining operations team to start uh, getting more involved with the build, racking, and overall management of each um, construction project and after everything is built out, the overall management of the facility. Because and what we've learned, what our customers have experienced, you included, is that it ends up otherwise just being this bad game of telephone where somebody on the site says something to the site manager, site manager contacts us, we contact you guys, and it's, uh, it's not a good experience. It's not a good experience for anyone, right? We get pissed off because they're not communicating effectively with us. Customers get pissed off because obviously it's a delay and, and you know, it feels like, um, you know, the rug's being pulled out from under you again. So the only way that we can really avoid this is to take more control. And that's what we're going to start doing from, you know, from here moving forward. So um, Compass, although we're not going to be owning sites per se, um, we are going to be taking over the management of these sites. So that when we give a an online date, we can commit to that because we know we're in control of hitting that date, and it's nobody else's fault but our own. We don't. Hey, that's fantastic. That's uh, that pretty much. I mean, proof is in the doing, but I I, I trust that uh, 
you're doing everything you can, and that's encouraging to hear. So, uh, and I did get the uh, mining pool email back on October 31, and you know, in the big okay. scheme of things, a week or two is no big deal. Um, it just it did raise concerns going forward, and I think you just addressed them pretty well. So, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming up here. I appreciate the questions. You, you bet. Take care. You too. Thanks, Abandonship. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was Zach Hunter who was next in line. So, Zach, do you want to um, give us your question? Yeah, sure. Thank you guys so much and for taking these calls and even the negative ones. So, good on you guys. Um, I have a November, a November L7 that I got in July. And I was just curious. Mm -hmm. I thought it was supposed to be coming online in November, and it says January 10th. Is, that, is there any chance that it'll come on earlier? So, and the email for the Z15s went out already, Zach, and we'll need to check on the L7s. Um, but the Z15s were delayed because Bitmain has focused all attention on manufacturing Bitcoin mining ASICs. Um, they, I, they may have bumped shipments back. I'd have to check with Vincent and, and Thomas on this. Uh, they may have bumped shipments back for the L7s back as well. Um, if for some reason these are going to be delayed, what I will tell you is just like we did with the Z15s, um there's you know the refund policy is intact um so we you know we can get those taken care of for you i don't at this time know what the status is bitmain has been very hush around the the delays um on their altcoin machines so we didn't even get confirmation that there would be 100 percent delays on the z15s uh we just started to feel uncomfortable with the responses that we were getting from them so we offered refunds to people so i'll check with uh with bitmain today on that and I'll check with Thomas and Vincent so that we can make sure that it's all communicated effectively to you. Awesome. Okay. And then I have two little questions too. Is your um, sure. second party um, purchasing available on the website now? And just when people put them up, they're gone quick or is that not up yet? Yeah, it's, it's available. And when people put them up, they're gone quick. So right right now they're selling average sells in about 30 minutes. Oh, geez. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. And then. Um, one more question. So I have another little altcoin. It's like a CK five or something. Uh, a nervous. Mm -hmm. um, is there? I know you guys used to offer where you could like send you guys the miner, and that obviously you don't make any money. Or I'm sure you could find a way to make money. But is that a thing? Because I'm having a excuse me a tough time finding a home for that. Um, so right now, I mean, until we get everyone from South Carolina racked up, we're we're not taking any outside ASICs. Um, I mean, especially for immediate delivery. We want to make sure we can get everyone who's purchased machines through Compass Online first and foremost. Um, but if, are you are you in the Discord? Um, I don't think I am. So I'll find you guys. Um, yeah, if you if you jump in the Discord, there's a lot of conversations in there with people who uh, have little at home mining setups or that might be willing to to help you with this with hosting that one machine. Oh, awesome. they, they've got a pretty small footprint. Okay, awesome. Um, well, thank you guys. Awesome. Seriously, very cool of you guys to do this. So I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Zach. You too, Zach. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Uh, I'm just trying to think who was next. I think it was Max. Max, you're up next, I think. Hey, Max. Hey, how you yeah. doing? Hey, doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for asking. Hey, I just wanted to know if, if you know, we've been kind of talking about these dates. You know, um, I was just wondering if there is any possibility that some of the online dates could move up from, from what's been committed to, or if that's, you know, we're sticking to contracts here. 
Uh, so we're doing our best to get everything online as quickly as possible. The only things that would not be able to come online sooner, uh, and you have to forgive me, I don't, I don't know your order details, but um, it all depends on your your order batch date. So let's say you had an order batch in you know of, of November machines. Um, that means those machines don't ship from Bitmain until the end of November, which means that the soonest we could get them online would be the end of uh, end of December. Um, but if you're, you know, one of the affected South Carolina miners and it says November 30th, we're going to do everything in our power to get you online before November 30th. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not, I, I just want to get hashing, man. Sooner the better, right? I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Max. Uh, let's hear from Timescapes. Hi, Stefan um, and Whit. Thank you. Um, I have about 3,400 terahash invested in Compass, and and I have one miner up from um, August. So my question is, I have miners coming up, supposed to come up like September, October, November. November 30th now. So my question is, are we going to have another delay for October miners and November miners? Or do you expect October and November to be up by end of November? Sorry, I was muted. I think at this point it's prudent to say that delays can always happen. Right. I don't want to end up with my foot in my mouth again by saying that hard data is November 30th. Um, but we have line of sight on enough to enough capacity that's being built out right now to get everyone online. Um, that is, you know, September, October, November that is not yet online. So uh, we're, we're pushing hard to get everyone on before November 30th. But um, just at this point, it's it's got to got to be said with the preface that further delays are always possible. OK. Okay, that's all. That's my only question I had. Thank you. Thanks, Timescapes. Thanks for jumping up here. I'm sorry about the delays. Right, it's, it's fine. Thanks. Yep. Okay, so we've got uh, two more speakers up on stage. So I think we'll try and get through those questions and we might start to wrap it up after that. Um, so, uh, Bitcoiner Kim or Joseph Yun Kim, do you want to ask your question? Uh, yeah, thanks for um, hosting the space. Uh, I just had a couple of questions. I may have missed this because I came in a little bit late, but I was part of the South Carolina group that's supposed to be starting October 30, but then got moved to Tennessee. And it was supposed to be like November mm -hmm. 7th or 21, then it got delayed against November 30. Could I get some color? Like, um, is there some issue in the Tennessee site? And I know I got an email that said that there might be an option to switch facilities. Um, What's the if I do switch facilities? Do you know like how long it would take to get the miner online versus waiting on say Tennessee? So these are great questions, and uh, we we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think it's important for everyone to you know to hear it. Um, the way that it that Compass operates is obviously you're contracted with us. We're your hosting facility, and this allows us to not expose you to single facility risk. Um, there's nothing wrong with Tennessee that's, you know, it's still on track. Uh, I mean, there's been delays across the board with the majority of the facilities. Um, but if you're getting that email saying you have the option to go to another one, that's because another one is coming online sooner. So my advice would be to take it. 
there's, you know, they all, all the facilities have to go through the same screening process. They all are um, owned by similar quality of people. Um, and we're taking a bigger, a bigger part in op, a bigger hand in the operations. So um, for us, you know, those notifications come out when we've got something that has available rack space sooner. So I would just encourage anyone that's listening, if you get that email, to jump on that rack space. Uh, are you still thinking uh, November 30 as the online date for Tennessee? We, yeah, we have that set as, um, as our safe date. Uh, you know, they, they have let us know it was supposed to be the, you know, November 1st, actually Tennessee was supposed to be the beginning of October. So it was supposed to be 15 megawatts at the beginning of October. Um, but you know, what, what ends up happening is they're they just, everything is a very fluid situation. So now I think that that site is going to end up being, um, five to seven megawatts and they are projecting it can go online by the end of, uh, by the end of November. So. Gotcha. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. All right. And I think we'll take one more. We've got Alexandre Fuchs, uh, Urban Scribe says, up on stage. So do you have a question? Sure. Thank you. Thanks very much, uh, both of you, for uh, taking the time. I, more or less, I come at it from a different view. I'm a new customer. I have it on order. About a, uh, We have an order about a dozen miners going out a little bit further into your timescale. But I wanted to give you just maybe one point mm -hmm. of feedback and then just a few little questions I can get sure. an answer. So the sales process, I have to tell you, uh, was a little bit erratic. And it is worth thinking. We had contacts with four different salespeople. And the, the quality of the interaction ranged. Mm quite significantly, trying to get somebody to get there. I think, you know, the, the issue that you have with any SaaS products, particularly when in infrastructure, is that you have high customer expectations, but at the same time, there's a number, given that this is a wild west, there's a number of educational points that you need to go through, some of which you yourself don't, you know, take a lead in on the financial sides of return. All that stuff is not something that we should come to you for. But on some of the basics on on, mm -hmm. on that, I think there's a little bit of education. So as a matter of feedback, from the point of view of uh, FAQs, from the point of view of number of resources, the, you know, the, the website already probably has half of it, but there's a number of little things here and there. And, and certainly, as was mentioned earlier in the past, whether it's a ticketing system and a progress system throughout, through the sales process, through the wait until... Uh, 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 delivery and hookup, and then of course, as you manage, the, 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 the summary comment is: when you are working in the wild west and you guys are pioneering something which is clearly and solving new problems and solving problems which clearly, uh, you know, can be substantial at the same time trying to provide a service which is predictable, you're left in this middle position that can be quite uncertain. And as you know well, the the rule there is to communicate as much as you can. Right, and the more information you can put in there. So adding to the block section of the website, even trying to volunteer some of the information and the problems that you've had could be very helpful. Uh, 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 and, and, I, and when it comes to the sales process, I know a number of people that were side by side with me kind of abandoned the process, you know, kind of in the middle because they just couldn't get some of these pieces of information out there. So it's just a small piece of, uh, of feedback. Second point is the marketplace that you open is a phenomenally uh, useful uh, addition to the business model. A question on that is, which predates even the marketplace, the data that you have crossing miners and miner sales. So knowing that you know customer A is selling to customer B, a miner, I wonder whether you feel comfortable 
releasing that record publicly on the site so that the history of the value of the miners just had off. And again, if the parties are willing to let you share that information, the value, the publicly distribution of that information could be quite useful, certainly was to all of us trying to understand kind of the value of miners, how they move around and understanding. You're at the nexus of where you see that activity at the probably the smaller retail part. We don't we only see large orders in press releases, but that flow of information could be useful to to, you know, to all of us just monitoring and trying to understand both the value of our investment. Some of us also have to do a little bit of, you know, accounting impairment and stuff like that when it comes to actually reporting the, the equipment. Uh, I, I don't know if any of this is useful, but I just thought I'd, I'd share it. Um, yeah, just can I touch on that course, point real quick? I think that's a great point that you make. Uh, so when it comes to when it comes to the hardware, you know, with Compass in the marketplace and uh, what we've been doing and all of the data points that we touch, um, you know, obviously we we have access to a phenomenal amount of data that you know most other sites, yep. you know, they they have they, they can compile you know data as hearsay, um, but exactly. we are actually you know processing these orders, uh, so we will have that data living on the site very soon. So it'll all be tracked in real time through what's going on in the marketplace, so that everyone will be able to see not only historical profitability, uh, but also has this machine had a repair? Yeah. Uh, what was the repair? What was the extent of the damage? Similar to a Carfax, but for your ASIC. Uh, and then also you'll be able to see the the you know the prices to an extent of um, what machines are selling for historically. We probably will not tag specific rates for specific machines, um, but we'll do more. You know, a machine in this condition is worth X amount of dollars based on you know, it being in immaculate condition or having a fan repaired or whatever the case may be, but making sure that people are able to purchase based on uh, the overall quality of the machine and the usable life that, you know, through that indication, people could assume that it has Fair enough. Very useful. I think the, the, the Carfax is quite useful, certainly for the buyer. I think what is also useful to the market is the data points and the transaction history. One very quick uh, yes. uh, a question, perhaps it's a business model question, but just since you have not renewed the hosting yet because you're still fairly new and nobody's lived through the one year uh, kind of rehosting renewal, right? How are you going to think? Some have. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Um, uh, That's okay. Um, the question that I have is how are you going to think in a couple of years as new equipment comes in that has higher tariff hash rates, certainly the 150 that was announced the, uh, last week, there's going to become a time where your customers are going to be faced perhaps, I mean, the initial question, of course, is what do you think the commercial terms may be for re-upping hosting after a year? And I know, of course, there's uncertainty there, but the question really becomes some of our machines, most likely at some point, are going to be less economical. And how are you thinking of offering the customers the decision or possibly, in the worst case, having to boot them out of facilities because that space is better used by more efficient machines as they come on, on, on board? Maybe it's a tough, maybe it's an unfair question. So, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> no, it's not. We, we, we've, it's certainly something we've thought about, right? And, um, you know, there was a tweet that I posted a, a month or so ago or that, you know, S9s don't die. They just retired to Venezuela. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and this is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Like, so what we want to focus on is, is building retirement villages for these, you know, these old ASICs where they can be sunset. Um, but they're going to be, they're going to be built in places that, have cheaper power yeah. you know so right now we have feasibility studies going in six different countries to see where we can start building facilities that are all going to range from 
you know, 50 to 250 megawatts. Um, and some of these are going to be used in the event that, let's say, some of the facilities in the United States that we have contracts with, let's say they don't want to re-up for the 12 months. Now we have a backup facility that we can send these to where people can pay a, you know, a comparable rate and, you know, everything is still hunky-dory. Um, or if we get these in these situations where we're three to five years from now and these S19s are, you know, no longer viable to run at six or seven cents per kilowatt hour, we can move them to a place, whether it's South America or, you know, part of, part of Russia or whatever, um, where they can pay four or five cents per kilowatt hour, then that's sure. Makes sense. But we, we hope to be able to, to help people service them until they want to sell yeah. them. Thanks very much for this. And, and obviously, as you mentioned at the end of uh, some of your answers, in the phase that you're in, in your company, it feels like now is the time for you to control more of a product, more of the hosting space and be able to deliver the last piece of the value chain. And, and the capital is out there for, for, for you to do that. I know you don't, you know that, but it, it'll make more an integrated uh, 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 and, and more predictable process for, for, for you guys upon which you can build. It's normal to do proof of concept, basically trying to assemble all the pieces is a point where you have to do a little bit of vertical integration. My sense is you're, you're approaching that time. But thanks very much for what you're doing. It's incredibly helpful. It allows all of us to do things that are, as somebody said earlier, very difficult for us to do by ourselves. So thanks again. Thanks for your feedback, Alexander. I really appreciate you're, that. You're, you're well. Thank you. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Alexander, for your comments there. Uh, and I think it's probably, uh, yeah, I think maybe we'll start to wrap this up a little bit. Um, but I guess if we had to just summarize, what what, like, what are some of the main, I guess, lessons going forward for all of us? Uh, and perhaps from your point of view, wait, if you have anything you wanted to add from your side there. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest lesson that we've learned is, you know, bring bring more of the value chain under our control, right? Um, everything that, everything that we can control, we can take ownership over and whatever we can take ownership over, then we can carry the blame when something goes wrong. And we can also have complete transparency, um, because we have the full vision on what's actually going on. So that's definitely been our biggest lesson through this whole experience since, um, since the end of August to now it was just, you know, Alexander mentioned the vertical integration. It's absolutely true. We have to have more of the value chain under our control. Uh, whatever the case may be, you know, whether it's information, ASICs, hosting space, mining pools, whatever it is, uh, we are streamlining everything to make sure that uh, we're aligning with people who are able to help us in the, in the way that we need to be helped to better serve our customers. Uh, and we are casting out anybody that doesn't just so, you know, we're not exposing anyone to, to bad actors or people in the space that shouldn't be given the time. Yeah, and I think it, it just comes down to as well. I think uh, the some for some customers it came down to around communication of delays uh, and being notified of that also. So I think that was the other aspect. Um, but I, I I think all things considered, I think uh, I think you should be commended for being willing and open to come on and talk about it and and take questions from everyone from all comers basically. So I think that's commendable. Um, and I think that's probably it. Do you have Do you have any other comments to add before we wrap up? With just want to say thank you for putting this all together, Stefan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, look, I'm uh, you know I'm a fan of you guys. I'm a fan of your work, Wit. Um, and hopefully, um, everyone can put this behind us and move forward. 
Um, so I think we'll we'll finish it off there. And then for people who couldn't make this, I think we're we're getting a recording from Sats Radio, so we might put that uh, that that will be available for anyone. Um, and yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. So thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, see see how things go. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Bye.